It was 1999 when the State Farm Insurance rated the most dangerous intersections for accidents in the United States. The winner, or I could say the loser, was the corner of Beltline Road and Midway Road in Texas. In one year, there were 263 reported, that doesn't include all the ones that weren't reported, 263 reported crashes at that one intersection. That's an average of five per week. If, I was, if it was me, I would avoid that intersection. I'd take a longer route and get there safely, but that's such a dangerous uh, intersection to have to actually go through. As you and I drive down the road of life, we're going to come to some dangerous intersections. A bit like forks in the road, difficulties that we maybe never expected. And at these very important times in our lives, the choices we make, the decisions we take will affect the rest of our lives. One good decision and you will move forward in what God has for you. One bad decision could derail the rest of your life. Maybe even others around you. For example, you've probably heard it yourself. I've heard people say, gone through a serious trial. They say, I will never forgive them. One decision derails their life and they're miserable and they'll make others around them miserable for the rest of their days. You go through another trial or a difficult situation and you just choose a bad attitude. What happens? You've derailed yourself, probably those around you for the rest of your life. Now, thankfully, God is a God of redemption and I've derailed myself a few times and God has picked me up, rescued me and got me back on the right track. But I've still had to pay the price of the mistakes that I have made when I came to some dangerous intersections in my life. So when you're there, what do you do? Do you stop? Do you keep going? You're at a dangerous intersection. Do you turn around and go back? Do you go left? Do you go right? Which way do you go? What do you do? And maybe today you feel you have hit a dangerous intersection in your life and you really are not sure what to do. This is exactly what we find in James in chapter 1. Reading from verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various dangerous intersections. Or, he uses the word trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, with that, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. So in verse 2 to 4, James talks about various trials that we encounter in life. And I would call these intersections that come our way 
and they are often very dangerous intersections, and we need to proceed with caution. For example, if you are driving, and you know, you, you're out there traveling, and we, we, we traveled out of Matamata the other day, and when we took uh, State Highway 2, it said, uh, we saw a big so high crash zone, slow down from 100 to 90. When you're approaching a dangerous intersection, wisdom says, slow down a bit. Don't rush. Don't hurry through this. Carefully navigate your way through the dangerous intersection. Proceed with caution. In these times, we can feel lost, confused. We can think, God, what is going on? What's the purpose of this trial? In fact, what even caused it? I, I don't even know how I've gotten to this position. You, you know, it really can be very, very difficult. And then you don't know which way to go. It could be a financial area. It could be your job. It could be the home. It could be your marriage a broken relationship or a difficult relationship. You, you, you put your, could be sickness, it could, could be any area of life. And maybe today as you are seated here or watching, you know that you're at one of these intersections, potentially very dangerous. What are you going to do? Well, fortunately, we've got some answers for you. Let's go to verse 5. It says there, if any of you lacks wisdom. What is that telling us? That's telling us that there will be times in your life where you don't have the needed wisdom to passage your way through the intersection that you have struck. That's why it says, if any man lack wisdom, what he's basically saying is, when you lack wisdom, which you will, We're going to have these times in our lives where we are confused and we need help. So life for all of us in, in regular times creates situations or creates a demand for wisdom. And unfortunately, at times, we don't have that wisdom. But the, the situation has come. You know, you, you're facing today some stuff and you're just perplexed. You're thinking, gosh, God, I don't know what to do here. I don't know how to handle this. This is exactly what James is talking about. Now, the reason we need wisdom is found in Je Jeremiah 10, verse 23, which says, O Lord, I know the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. What is that saying? Basically, it's saying this, when God created you and me, he did not put us within us the wisdom that we would need to direct our own footsteps. He said, it's not in man. You don't have that ability. You just ain't that smart. And nor am I. See, in the world we live in, says, no, 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 that's not true. Hey, we don't need God. We can run this earth. We can do a fantastic job and everything is going to be smooth. Who reckons the world's done a good job? Just watch the news. What a disaster. Total mess. They've wrecked the planet. Why? Because they didn't believe what God said, that without Him, you will not have the wisdom to live wisely and successfully and well. 
You'll hit intersections and you will crash and bang and make a mess. So what is wisdom? It comes from the word chokma. Chokma means the ability to make right choices. So wisdom is knowing the right thing to do in a given situation. Wouldn't you love today to just know the right thing to do? In the situation you're in now, the situation that are going to come in the future, wouldn't it be great if you could, you know, just turn on a switch or push a button and out would come? Hey, here's the right thing to do. Wouldn't that be cool? Oh, so often I've wondered what to do, and it's just can really be quite demanding and quite challenging. But wisdom, defined by Webster's Dictionary, says this, the ability to make right use of knowledge. So wisdom is not just knowledge. You have a lot of smart, intelligent people who do dumb things. Right? Some of your wisest people going do the dumbest things of all. Knowledge and wisdom don't go to, aren't the same. Wisdom is knowing what to do with the knowledge. So it's where, wisdom is where knowledge and skill intersect. And then you do what is right and you make the right choices. We all need wisdom. Workers need it, business people need it, mothers, fathers. Everybody needs wisdom. Laborers, professionals, sports players, young people. Mothers need a lot of wisdom. And all the mothers said, yeah, they, they need more wisdom than most. And hey, I, we thank God for all the mothers. You do a, a wonderful job. And uh, well, we hope that today you are looked after as you should be, that you will feel special You'll feel valued, you'll feel looked after, and you'll have a fantastic day. And all the kids of the mothers said, Amen. we'll make it happen. I wonder what you have planned, by the way. Let's go to Proverbs 14, verse 1. Proverbs 14, verse 1. This is a word for mothers. It says, the wise man, woman builds her house. Not a lot of wise woman sitting here today. Builds her house. But hey, there's a warning here. The foolish pulls it down with her hands. Isn't that interesting, verse? It's, you know what that says to me? It says that, let's not just pick on mothers. We can all build our house, build a life, build a future, build a job, career, family, doing well, and then with our own hands, pull it all down by doing some really dumb things. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Sometimes we don't need anyone else to pull our house down. We just pull it down ourselves. Let's not do that. So God is a source of wisdom. Proverbs 9 verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord. So that means this. If a person does not know God, they cannot be truly wise. You know, they may have some ideas, some input, but overall, you know, because wisdom comes from God, if you're not connected to God, you can't really have the right wisdom in most situations. You can't have true wisdom that is approved of by God. You may have be able to say some good things, but wisdom comes from God. So relationship with Him is key. Hey, today, are you facing a situation that you can't figure out? You don't know what to do. Is that you today? I've got good news for you. Let's go back to James chapter 1 and verse 3. It says, sorry, in verse 5, If any of you lacks wisdom, 
Let him ask of God. In other words, God supplies wisdom to those who ask. I wonder how often you ask for wisdom. How often I ask for wisdom. Because you see, if you don't face up to your lack of wisdom, you're not going to ever ask for wisdom. Ask God, you go, I can work this out myself. See, arrogant people don't ask for counsel, advice, or wisdom. They just, no, I'm going to do my own thing. Thank you very much. Leave me alone. That's arrogance. That's pride. It's dangerous. Hey, listen. If you're at a dangerous intersection right now, listen to me, please. One, ask God, but get some advice. Get some help. You, you, you probably, look, you're not smart enough to navigate your way through the dangerous intersections of life, nor am I. We need a lot of help. And the first source of help is to ask God. You see, you don't get wisdom automatically by living a long life. Just because you're 75 doesn't mean you're wise. Just because you may say, well, I've had a lot of experience in life. I've done this so many times before. No, no, friends. Experience doesn't give you wisdom. Wisdom comes from heaven. Comes from God. And one of the traps we can fall into is we've been around for a while. We we know how to do this. We know how to handle this. But friends, let me tell you this. The devil's going to set up dangerous intersections for you until the day you pass into eternity. Because he'll do everything he can to derail you and set you off track. So it doesn't matter how old you are, you still desperately need wisdom. And we need to ask God for it and believe Him to give it to us. Rather than trying to figure everything out by ourselves or even getting answers from those who don't even have the answers, let's go to God, who is the all-wise one. It gets better. Verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally. Wow. So God gives you wisdom generously. So he's not stingy with this gift. Do you know why he's not stingy? (laughs) He knows how desperately you need wisdom. He knows how desperately I need wisdom. He knows if I leave Tark to himself, he's going to wreck a lot of things and a lot of people. So, hey, at the moment he asked me for wisdom, I'm going to give it a bucketful. That's a more. You need it, buddy. And I do. And so do you. So do you. It's not surprising the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. In all you're getting, more than anything else in the world, get wisdom. Paul was a wise master builder. I think one of the saddest things is we can work so hard doing so many different things, but then be unwise and make a mess of everything. So easy to do, isn't it? And I think we all know people who have done that in the course of their lives. So do you need wisdom today? Do you need it? (laughs) If you can't say yes to that, you have got a problem. (laughs) You need wisdom today. So my Bible says, ask, ask, ask. Did you hear me? Everyone say it. Ask. Tell the person next to you, ask. Ask for wisdom. How many times do you need to ask? Most of you, if you're like me, you need to ask all day, every day, 24 times a day. Because you're just not that smart. Because nor am I. God didn't make us that way. We need His wisdom. And if you're facing a crossroads right now, if you've hit a dangerous intersection, listen to me, please. 
I want to recommend to you that you get on your knees before God and ask Him for wisdom. And if you're at a really dangerous intersection, I, want, I encourage you to get flat on your face before God. Seriously. And say, God, I have no idea what to do. I am confused. I am lost. I don't know which way is up. I'm on my face before you. I abandon myself to you. And I pray, God, give me wisdom. And guess what? He will give it to you. That's the promise of His Word. Hey, look, why go ahead and do dumb things when you can ask God and do wise things? Does anyone understand what we're talking about today? It's so basic, isn't it? So fundamental. And yet sometimes the simplest things are the things we miss and that we get all wrong. Now, I'm going to give you some advice. And I'm expecting some big checks to be sent to me because this is going to help you so much in life. All right, listen to this. If you, and what about the person next to you? If you will make a decision today that every day and many times a day you're going to ask God for wisdom, guess what? You'll become one of the smartest people on the earth. Do you know why? Do you know why? Because most people just don't ask God for wisdom. If you become one who does regularly, you are going to be so wise and so smart. Okay? My bank account is available at the information desk <laughs> on the way out. Nothing less than $5,000. Thank you. I wonder how many of you just missed that last point. How many of you would like to be the smartest person in New Zealand? I just told you how to get there. If you'll believe it. If you'll believe what I'm saying. <clears throat> because the next point is this, verse 6. But let him ask in faith. Yeah. See, some people think, yeah, yeah, I can get on my knees, flat on my face, but, and ask for wisdom, but I won't get it. Well, if you think that, that's true. You won't get it. But if you ask in faith, if you ask saying, God, I come to your word. You're not a liar. You're not a man that you should lie. And I believe, God, as I ask for wisdom, I'm going to receive it. And I'm going to know exactly what to do. It may not come that day, but it will come in time. And sometimes God will just direct you and guide you. He'll cause circumstances and things to happen that will cause you to move in the right direction. There's many ways God can cause wisdom to come into our hearts. So we must ask in faith. Abraham Lincoln said this, great U.S. president, I've been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My wisdom and all that about me seemed insufficient for the day. Have you come to the overwhelming conviction that you have nowhere to go but to your knees? I pray to God you get to that place because when you do, you're going to walk in wisdom and you're going to build a successful life that will bless you and bless those around you. Our all-wise God delights to give wisdom to those who ask in faith. Proverbs 8 verse 10 says, Choose wisdom ahead of silver and gold. That means this. If I have $20,000 in this hand and wisdom in the left hand, this other hand, and I said to you, come up the front, take your pick. How many of you would go for the $20,000? How many of you would go for wisdom? No one's raised their hands. 
See, when you can answer that question instantly, you've got it. If you can't, if you had to think, you just haven't got it. I play golf. There's some tournaments where the first prize is $2 million. $2 million. Being an Indian, I did some arithmetic. I thought, okay, four rounds. Sam, listen to this. Not this Sam, I'm talking the other Sam up there. Well, he could listen too. He could just about do this. Four rounds, 72 holes, $2 million. Do you know, do you know how much they earn per hole? Almost $30,000. So when you see that ball go into the hole, you just think, $30,000. How hard do you have to work for $30,000? <laughs> but guess what? Having wisdom is better than having that kind of ability to make, play golf. Next week, I'm going to do part two of this. I'm not finished yet, by the way, so you're not getting out that quickly. Next week, I'm going to do part two. And my focus, or part of my focus next week is going to be about wisdom, how to build a life, not just a living. See, our world teaches us all the time, wherever you look, how to build a living. But they don't teach us how to build a life, a life that will know God's presence, peace, joy, fulfillment, satisfaction, fruitfulness. That's next week. Come along, bring your friends with you. So how are we going to get wisdom? Number one, knowing God. Colossians 2 verse 3 says, In whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's all hidden in Jesus. The more you know Him, the more you'll walk in the wisdom of God. Number two, Isaiah 11.2 talks about the seven anointings that rested on Jesus. And one of those was, the second one was the spirit of wisdom. And I know this is real because I had an experience a number of years ago where I felt the spirit of wisdom come on me for, for a number of minutes. It was a tremendous experience. And when I was, had that on me, I always just found myself praying like crazy, God, give me wisdom in every area of my life, in my ministry, my family, my home, my personal life, my finances. God, in every decision, clothe me with wisdom. See, when the spirit of wisdom is coming upon you, you actually cry out for wisdom all the time. And that spirit of wisdom can, the Holy Spirit, you see, can give you wisdom to solve comf complicated problems or to handle difficult people. See, when no one can come up with a solution, maybe you're facing something today, and you've tried this, you've tried that, you've talked to this one, that one, you just can't get a solution, you can't get an answer, you can't get a result. Guess what? The Holy Spirit can give you the answer. He can give you the result that you need that's going to move you forward in wisdom. For example, in 1 Kings chapter 3, you know the story? There's this baby and two mothers claim that the baby is theirs. Pretty awful, no DNA testing then. Come to Solomon, and Solomon has to make a decision. So Solomon says, bring the baby here, give me a sword. You know the story? Cut the baby in half. And give each mother half each. What happens? The mother whose baby is his, says, has compassion, says, no, 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 don't. Cut the baby in half, give the baby to the other woman. Solomon then says, no, take the baby, give it to the lady who had compassion because we know she is the mother. Incredible, amazing, unbelievable wisdom. That's the kind of wisdom God can give you if you will but ask. 
for the wisdom of God. No circumstance is too complicated for God to give you the wisdom to deal with. The Holy Spirit has the answer to all these things. Number three, greatest source of wisdom is God's Word. It's God's handbook for daily living. You ignore it at your peril. There was a preacher having problems with first gear in his car. wasn't synchronizing. Eventually he had problems with the gearbox. Went to the mechanic. Mechanic always called him Rev. He didn't like it. Hi, Rev. How's it going? He really hated being called Rev. But anyway, he said, Rev, you should have read the manual. Because the manufacturer has provided a manual, and if you follow it, you'll get a long, productive run out of your car. Friends, your creator, your manufacturer, has provided you a manual. If you will read it, if you will follow it, you will get a long, productive run out of your life. One of the wisest things you could ever do is become a student of God's Word. Read it, study it, apply it, do it, and walk in the wisdom of God and build a hugely successful life. God's Word, so important. Number four, we've said it already, pray every day for wisdom. When I started Church Unlimited, God maybe gave me a passage of Scripture that may be helpful to you as well. Proverbs 24 Verse 3 to 4. This so, so helped me so much for many, many years. Proverbs 24, verse 3 to 4 says this. Through wisdom, a house is built. Are you trying to build a house, a home, a family, a marriage, a business, a ministry, a relationship? Are you trying to build something? By wisdom, a house is built. The Lord said, Tark, it's going to take you wisdom and a lot of it to build Church Unlimited. It's 26 years ago. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed so much, so often for wisdom. And as I prayed, God answered and God blessed and God told us what to do. There was a season where I stopped praying as much for wisdom. And I reckon in that season I made some decisions that weren't the best. You'll be pleased to know I've come back to asking for wisdom. Because that's how this house here is going to continue to be built and to fulfill all that God has for us. Friends, it's not the oratory of the pulpit. It's not the great music. All that is important. It's not leaders in the church. That's all important. More important than that is we need the wisdom of God to build for His glory. Number five is humility. Proverbs 11, verse 2. With humility comes wisdom. You know it takes humility to ask God? Because you've got to basically say, God, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I can't work this out. If you humble yourself before God, it is one of the great keys to wisdom in your life. Number six, counselors. Proverbs eleven fourteen. Where no counselors, the people fall. What does it mean? What do you reckon that means? Where no counselors... People fall. What that means is this. If you're at an intersection, you're making a decision, and you don't get counsel from people around you that God has placed there, you 
are going to fall. You will fall. You'll get it wrong. You'll make a mistake. I wonder how many decisions I've made and you have made without counsel. And then we suffer the consequences for it. But in the multitude of counselors, the Bible says, there is wisdom, there is safety. Counsel from those around you can help. Can I give you one word on getting counsel? Find people who are walking under the favor and blessing of God. Ask them for wisdom. Not a person whose life's just a mess and a train wreck. <laughs> go to them for wisdom, you'll be a train wreck too. No, no, go to people that you look at them and say, wow, man, I would like that kind of blessing on my life. That's the person you go to. That's just an extra. You can add another $1,000 for that bit of advice when you send me your money, all right? <laughs> you know, one of the wisest things you can do is attend a small group. Small group. Do you know why I say that? One of the reasons is you'll get incredible answers to prayer. See, on the day of Pentecost, when God moved in power, it wasn't one person praying. It was a group praying. There's a story of a, one of the testimonies that's come through recently a person's aunt had a growth in her head and throat. Growth, how awful. Got the life group to pray. After the life group prayed, she went for an MRI scan and the growths had completely vanished. It's wisdom to have established relationships. You know, it's one thing to send in a prayer request, but when you've got an established relationship of people who love you and care for you, because see, love works by faith, or faith works by love. So when they love you and pray, the faith is released and God can work a miracle. Another situation where a person, a couple had their visa canceled. Life group again prayed for the decision to be overturned. After they prayed, the couple were granted their visa. Again, a small group situation. Second reason to attend a small group is because a Sunday meeting in small groups do different things. See, the, merely attending a Sunday morning will never make you a real disciple of Jesus Christ. Because in Sunday morning, you only get information. To become a disciple, you actually need more than that. You need to move from information to transformation, formation. And that comes from, you know, being in a small group where they take this information and they help you apply it and move you from information to transformation. You see, just coming to church Sunday by Sunday, friends, you'll never become a true disciple for Jesus. Small group is the other side of the coin that's going to take you from information to transformation. Are you at a dangerous intersection today? Can I say this? What you would do if you were heading towards an intersection that just says crash ahead. First thing I want to say to you is slow down. Put that foot on the brake. Just slow down. That's always wise if you're hitting a road bump or an intersection, which is potentially very dangerous. Don't rush. Just ease up and then begin to cry out to God. Say, God, I need your wisdom. Do you want to know something? God's not surprised by your situation today. He saw it before the foundation of the world. God's not looking down at your situation in heaven thinking, my goodness, 
what, what are we going to do here? Man, I've never faced anything like this before, you know, and God's sort of oh, fallen off his, falling off his throne. No, no, friends. He knows exactly what you need. He knows the answer to your situation. And believe me, there is an answer. But you've got to cry out to God. Get on your face. Get on your knees. Pray. Seek Him. If you ask in faith, He'll give it to you liberally. And with wisdom, you can successfully navigate your way through dangerous intersections and build a successful and a blessed life. Amen.